The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinek. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinek. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing, flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers, and even supply chain. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Keith Strauss. In 22 years with Sales Concepts, Keith has worked with thousands of clients in over 500 industries. He's well-versed on topics ranging from sales and sales management skills, staff, structure, and even strategy. Keith spends his external-facing time, I love that, facilitating classes, working strategically with owners and management teams, interacting interacting one-on-one with clients, and delivering coaching over the phone. As president of Sales Concepts, Keith's internal focus includes long-term strategic planning, as well as growing the organization's people, processes, and management. Additionally, Keith works to broaden the customer base and add long-term planning and structure to the future of sales concepts. Following seven years on the local board of EO Cleveland, that's Entrepreneurs Organization, Cleveland's chapter here in Cleveland once again, Keith is is in his sixth year serving globally and is currently on the EO Mentorship Subcommittee Chair. Keith will finish his global duties in July of 2016 and return to the EO Cleveland board as president from July 2017 through June June 2018. Additionally, Keith is a member of the Board of Trustees of the Ronald McDonald House in Cleveland. He is currently the Vice President of the Board and will be President for 2018 and 2019. Keith and his wife, Jeanette, live in Avon Lake with their boys, Morgan, Parker, and Xavier. Keith Strauss, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. Now, we're fortunate to have you for most of today's uh, session, so I just wanted to kind of, we're going to spend some time getting to know Keith Strauss uh, before we really dig into sales concepts and and all the other kind of things you do. Is that fair? That's great. So let's talk a little about EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, which you've been involved in for some time. What is it for those who are not familiar with EO? The Entrepreneurs Organization is a global um, membership organization, all uh, entrepreneurs, business owners throughout the world. And I think primarily, um, if you were to poll the typical business owner or you were talking to the typical EO member, it's probably first and foremost a peer group. Uh, most of us running businesses are a little concerned about talking to employees or maybe our spouse doesn't completely get it or you know, a lot of our friends are working for somebody else or in, in big corporations. So I think it's, it's a peer group where we can learn uh, we can share experience, we can help each other out, and, and really improve, I think, 
primarily business is the reason most people join. You know, I think the the layers beyond that are, you know, I can learn and get better as a as a father, as a husband. Um, personally, I can feel better about me. So it's just a, it's a great support system and an opportunity to learn and grow. And it's men and women as well, correct? Yeah, and there's some chapters. I mean, coincidentally, there's there's chapters in parts of uh, the South Pacific where it's more women than men. You know, in huh. Cleveland, um, we're probably at about twenty percent women. It just depends on the chapter, but definitely men and women, and it's uh, all different, um, all different types of people, and, and there's some really good diversity opportunities there too. I like how you mentioned that because a lot of us business owners do struggle with a lot of the things, and, and you said it quite clearly. Where you know, there's certain things we can and can't, or at least we should. You know, just we don't want to share with our spouses or even with our our staff members. I mean, there's things that are that are personal fears, anxieties, worries, and um, you know, when we're dealing with those kind of issues. It's nice to have um, peers that have been there uh, to kind of help guide us through these things. And it sounds like it's a it's a pretty cool place. Yeah, it's been really, really beneficial for me uh, and my business. Now, the the Cleveland chapter has has continued to grow. Um, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. How many members do you have? And I mean, is this something that 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 you you know again is just bursting at the seams? Tell us more about the you know the kind of the the scale and shape of the of the Cleveland membership. We're at one hundred thirty five, one hundred forty business owners right now in Cleveland, and Cleveland obviously would cover down into Akron, and you know. East and West, but if you if you looked at Northeast Ohio and just labeled it generically Cleveland, that's the number. The target to get to this year is maybe about 160. Wow. Um, we're we're really looking to uh, make some improvements. When I joined, I think I was maybe the 35th member or something, and there was right. a day where I knew absolutely everybody. Right. Um, but the one of the ways you know people get a, a lot of their experiences in something that EO calls forum, so small groups. I happen to have eight in mind. Right. And that's a monthly meeting, and and not only is it something I can share when I'm nervous, anxious, you know, scared. It's oh, also yeah. a place I can go. Some of us are a little, you know, if we just had our best year, uh, you know, the worst problem we have is writing a, a six or seven figure check to the government. You know, that right. doesn't sit well with most of our friends either. <laughs> so it's it's the really good and it's the really bad, and it's an opportunity right. to to learn from each other. But yeah, Cleveland is um, interesting in EO circles. Cleveland's had so much success and had so many of our members go on to lead in the region or in uh, globally that we're <laughs> most places you go down from Cleveland, people go, Oh, the arm, the mistake by the lake or the armpit of America right, or your right. river burns in EO circles. They're like, Oh, you're from Cleveland. Wow. And, um, it's an engaging thing, which is, it's a fresh being a lifelong Clevelander. It's a, a fresh way to be perceived. Um, well, it's it, and for a guy like me who's let me interrupt you there, but for a guy like me who, who who I've been here since '86, so I'm a Clevelander now as well. And and a lot of us um, outsiders, if you will, looking in that that aren't weren't born and raised here, um, there is that knee jerk reaction of oh Cleveland. Um, but but really, it's it's such a a cool place when people finally get here. Because there's so much culture, there's such a vibrant business community, there's young people that have really discovered or rediscovered 
discovered um, what makes this town so cool. And, um, it, you know, and just even the basic stuff like cost of living and things like that is so refreshingly low here. Um, there's just there's just a really cool vibe. And, and you know, and, 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 and to our listeners, and we have listeners globally um, and nationally, but when, you, when, when and if you, you do make it to Cleveland, just definitely spend a couple of days here because it's, it's unlike what you've seen and heard over the years. Does that be a fair statement, Keith? Completely. Um, you know, and cost of living, tra- traffic or lack thereof. You know, a lot of oh, people yeah? moan about right. the weather, but we're not as, as cold and we don't get as much snow as a Buffalo or a Minnesota. Right. We're also never, you know, in the heat, heat, heat of the summer, you know, it might be warm and humid, but it's never like the, the heat of Arizona or the humidity of, say, Florida. We've, right. got, we've got a lot of great stuff going, and it's an interesting, a lot of people would say Cleveland's a Midwestern feel. We're maybe a half step from Midwestern. You know, I spent time in St. Louis, um, Omaha. Quincy, sure, right. And those are Midwestern. But, you know, by and large, this isn't a town um, where you're going to walk up to somebody on the street, ask them for directions, and they're going to punch you in the face or take you Yeah. Well, the other cool thing, too, about this this business community, as I mentioned and you mentioned before, was that, um, you know, we've got everything from, from old line companies that are offshoots of the steel industry, believe it or not, um, tool and die, um, you know, blue collar. But we have this really, really vibrant IT and tech community here, um, startups and, and second generation and um, mid-market firms that are just kind of like hitting their stride. And it's a really cool place because there's there's a great synergy between, um, you know, the older folks. And, and I'm going to tie this back to your mentorship that you do with EO. But there's some really, really cool synergy that goes on between um, old timers, if you will, um, you know, polished professionals and uh, and those up and coming. And, and I and I think EO is a good is a good kind of tie in for all of that. Yeah, and we've got some major corporations, and there's, you know, the, the ties back to even the, the early days, Rockefeller oh, and, and you know, those. Sherwin-Williams. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and again, that's that's what makes it so cool. And a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, back in the heyday of the Rockefellers, back in the heyday of the, um, you know, of the oil industry and things like that. I mean, goodness gracious, this was the epicenter here. This is where it all kind of started. It's crazy. Yeah. So let's talk about the mentorship program that you you're involved in with EO. Tell me a little bit more about that. So. Early on, EO was actually called the Young Entrepreneurs Organization. And then once you hit a certain age, you you graduated sort of into the World um, Entrepreneurs Organization. And and a few years back, they rebranded and they they pulled them together. And historically, we were always looking for EO members to get mentored. So we were tied in with maybe WPO or YPO, different uh, business owners groups, a little bit more senior, a little bit more tenured, kind of like the, the folks you're talking about specifically in Cleveland maybe bigger organization that's been around the block for 20, 30 years longer than we have. And we've got a very healthy, very long-standing mentorship program in Cleveland specifically. Um, I was lucky enough to get involved in some regional and then some global leadership. So I'm in the, the middle of the second year running mentorship globally. And what's happening around the globe, and it's starting to permeate back into cities like Cleveland that have established programs, not only are EO members getting mentored by more tenured senior members of the of the community locally, we're also seeing EO members mentor other EO members. I've got a, a gentleman I'm working with this year as his mentor. My my expertise is theoretically sales and sales management. 
he's got a really nice business. Unfortunately, he's not great, and he doesn't have any sales folks at his company. So he's just looking for me to give him a bunch of my expertise over the next 12 months to just help him fill that void. Last year, I did the same. Both of these guys, this year he's younger than me. Last year, he was older than me. Last year, his business was about 15 times the size of mine. But I was able to help in that specific area where my expertise lies. In other parts of the globe, we're getting people, uh, EO members are mentoring uh, another program we have in EO called Accelerator, which is sort of smaller business, startup phase, maybe under a million dollars U.S. So we've got EO members mentoring Accelerator members. We've got EO members mentoring um, GSEA students, and GSEA is another um, EO program, the Global Student Entrepreneur Awards. So these are typically college students who have businesses, and they're getting mentored by EO members. And then as much as we can, we're also getting mentored by, you know, whether it's a WPO or other other organizations we can tie into. Right. And the idea is just to help, you know, help people along the way fill voids in their own expertise, avoid the potential pitfalls, you know, get some help from somebody who's been around the block um, a little bit longer has made some of the mistakes. You know, I've got a mentor who I initially met through this program. I've just hired, and I've been working with him for nine years, and there isn't a day that goes by where I'm not talking about him in a classroom as I'm teaching or sharing some right. information with a, with a customer or even leveraging it, you know, with my own kids. It's just a great way to continually be growing is to have people in your life that you're, that you're connected to. So it's one of the many nice benefits of EO. Um, we're, we're trying as hard as we can for everybody who wants to get a mentor to pair them with somebody and it costs them nothing. It's, um, and frankly, the mentor doesn't get paid anything. They do it because most of them feel energized, and it's great to be around younger people. And you know, you, you mentioned technology companies. If I'm an established manufacturing business here in town, and I might be huge, but I meet with somebody who's got some cutting edge, new, and different ideas, right. I'm probably taking as as much away from that relationship as the mentee is. Well, and that's usually what people will say too. I don't care whether it's EO or any other type of. Uh, mentor mentee type of type of a relationship, but um, yeah, the uh, the mentor tends to get more out of it than the the mentee, if you will, and that's a that's a great kind of tie-in. I mean, it just that's you know that's how we're all going to learn. We have to be able to kind of um, and I go back to and I know you've had these conversations with your kids. I mean, you've got to be uh, willing to or able um, to fail. Um, and failure isn't necessarily the end of the world. You, you know, you, you batten down the hatches, but it's, you know, all of us that are involved in, in running our own businesses, you've got to be supported, uh, when, when, um, the rubber meets the road and, and life is tough and, and having a mentor there that's been through it, goodness gracious, probably 10 times the, the amount of times that we have to be able to kind of say, it's going to be all right. You're going to make it through. Here's what I would recommend you do, um, and here's some things. And 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 that that you know that relationship is just just you know you can't really put a price tag on that. No, it's great, and uh, even the fact that they're not as emotionally involved as we are in the problem right. gives right. them great objectivity. I, you know, your your comment about how we learn and overcoming adversity and failure just makes me think. I had a soccer coach who gave me a quote. It's etched permanently in my brain. It was on the back of my bedroom door growing up. Adversity reveals true genius. Prosperity conceals it. You know, if every day were perfect and if every yeah. deal we put together worked great, we wouldn't grow. Probably it wouldn't be very exciting, um, but we wouldn't be progressing. It's, it's all these bumps in the road and all the, the missteps that enable us to actually learn and get better. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the one thing that, you know, most people kind of, 
um, you know, mistake for, uh, uh, they assume that failure is this, is this, you know, end, this kind of like doors closed, end is over. It's not. It's uh, with every failure, there's that, there's that seed of a, um, how to turn that around or how to learn from it. And so really technically, if we're not failing, we're really not growing. And, and that's the only way you're going to get better is, is frankly to fail. And if there was a book, by the way, and I know you would, you would agree with this. If there was a book that said, you know, push this button, turn this button, talk to this guy, um, and, and away you go, you make your six figures and life is great. We would have done that a long time ago. Um, right. it's, it's not easy and, and things happen and companies go out of business and, and, you know, people get sick and, and key employees leave. And there's a lot of that, that I know EO has been instrumental in you and myself, uh, to kind of help us get through those, those really rough, rough spots. Agreed. Well, let's kind of tie in a little bit before we come up with our break here, but I want to make sure we tie in your time with Ronald McDonald House. Tell us a bit, a little bit about that. I know Ronald McDonald House is is really kind of a uh, obviously there's the Cleveland, but it, it's a global th- or well a global. I mean, it's, I know national. Um, I don't know if it's global, but tell us more about the Ronald McDonald House uh, and your involvement. So, for us, it started. Um, Christmas 1999, my wife was six months pregnant. We drove out to Quincy, Illinois, where she's from, and um, we're going to do Christmas the next day and a baby shower. It's our first child on the way, and she was having some different symptoms. Wake up the next morning and call back to her doctor, tell her what's going on, and she said, you're in preterm labor, you need to get to the hospital. So they tried to stop it, um, got there at 7 a.m., 4.44 4.44 in the afternoon, um, my son is, is delivered, and um, they ended up life-lighting him down to St. Louis. Oh, so when we asked how long does, you know, does a, a premature baby typically stay in the hospital, they said about you know, to full term. So that would have been three months. So yeah. we got down to St. Louis. A social worker connected us with the Ronald McDonald House in St. Louis. And good news, bad news, we ended up only staying there for a month. Um, and he was able to then be flown back to Cleveland, and then we were at Rainbow Babies and Children's for another couple months. But in that time, Ronald McDonald House gets a little bit of money from Ronald McDonald House charities. A lot of times there's right. this blurry line, like when I throw coins in the, in the change box underneath the drive-thru, you know, am I helping right. out the house? Um, I think we get very small single digits from Ronald McDonald House charities. They're a supporter, but... The Ronald McDonald House of Cleveland and, and in the typical towns that you'd go and see, the sole purpose is to have the families and sometimes the patients themselves. It's uh, anybody under the age of 18, or they could be over 18 if they started the, the treatment before they turned 18. The idea would be, you know, if we're going to support these kids in an effort to get better, and it could be transplants, it could be cancer, it could be sure. something as simple as we experience, you know, premature birth, you're, you're able to stay at the house, there's warm meals, there's a, a hot shower, there's a bed, um, and if you're able to pay, most cities it's uh, 15 or $20 a night as opposed to what you'd pay for a hotel. Sure. If you're not able to pay, you just don't pay. And they ask you to do a little bit of work, you know, do some chores around the house, clean up, but for the most part, we'd get up every morning, take a shower, head to the hospital, um, usually have lunch at the hospital. We'd leave the hospital because somebody gave us the advice not to be there at the bedside all the time, all right. day, every day. We'd leave the hospital to have dinner, and then depending on how he was doing, we'd go home, and we'd go into our own room, and we'd go to sleep. and um, Do it all over again, it, rinse and repeat the next day. Yeah, and, you know, here we are 
20-something kids, first baby, no idea what's going on or why, probably going, why us? You know, what, what do we right. do? You know, how do we screw this up? And now you're sitting at dinner uh, or you're sitting around the breakfast table with people and this one's telling you about their child that unfortunately is going to have their third surgery or, or that one's got a, you know, mm. trying to get his, his second set of lungs because the first ones didn't take or, you know, here's somebody who's trying as hard they can. They're really fighting, but it doesn't look good and they've got some inoperable, you know, cancer or whatever it might be. So there's a family aspect to it, but there's a real, I don't know, centering of your mind. You know, as you're sitting sure. there thinking things are really awful, uh, you spend 10 minutes talking to somebody else and you realize how good you really have it. And, um, it's a, it's an amazing support group. So we got back here. Um, Morgan is obviously fine. He's 16. Yep. He's driving around, and life is good there. We've got two more boys, and, and I've been lucky enough to get involved first on a couple committees and then um, progress to the board and now um, humbled that they actually think enough of me to be the president of the board coming up. So Yeah, how about that? And they've got the – I know they've had their um, historically the big the big golf outing. Is that tied to that – uh, that particular Ronald McDonald House in Cleveland? Exactly. A couple very influential guys, uh, unfortunately for them, but fortunately for the house, way back when had some medical challenges of their own with their children. And right. uh, a couple of these guys that were big hitters in town, attorneys, uh, real estate guys, you know, what have you, put together the first house that the Cleveland Clinic donated the land. They got it for a dollar. They, they um, got this thing going. And from the very beginning, they tied in with... Um, and now, of course, I'm going to blank on the big sports a- agent here IMG. in Cleveland. IMG. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so a bunch of their golfer clients come in every year, and it's Mayfield Country Club, and it's a huge event, and it's really household names. You know, this past year I played with Dave Stockton. If anybody's a golfer, he's you know, oh, yeah. like the, oh, yeah. the, the world's gift of putting. You know, I've played with Jay Haas, who's uh, won on all three tours. Um, just some really, really great people, and it's a, it's a, it's a huge fundraiser. Um, it would be great if more people knew really about the mission of the house right. and we could spread because we, we're doing pretty well. Not only is the house um, itself where people can stay, but in most of the major hospitals in town now, we've got what they call a family room. So same thing. You're there. Your kids um, got some issues. You're, you're stuck for a couple of days. You could go do some laundry. You could take a shower. You could nap on a, on a more comfortable couch. You can get right. some food, um, that kind of thing. So it's... Um, it's close to home for me and something I feel really passionate about and something that makes me feel uh, like I'm making a little bit of an impact when I'm able to, to be involved and do things for them. Well, and, they, you know, it's, what's cool is we've got a few minutes before our break, but I wanted to make sure that we kind of threw out there that that particular golf outing is, um, you know, and I know you were being modest. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, there were... Um, you know, it, it's a sought-after ticket, if you will. Anybody that that is a golfer wants to kind of hobnob with some of these guys. And this isn't, you know, just local pros. These are, um, like you mentioned, the Dave Stocktons and some of these other guys, the Jay Haases. And I remember even some of the European tour players came in um, over the years. And um, and I mean, my goodness gracious! I mean, these these are people that come in and 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 just donate their entire time and. Um, you know, those guys get paid. Some of them get paid big bucks for these personal appearances and they donate that um, or they'll get somebody to pay it and they'll donate it to, to Ronald McDonald House. I mean, it's a real cool uh, setup that um, that these guys do. Yeah. And, the you know, the time that you spend um, with them is really uh, unbelievable. And there's there's been some some younger guys that you'd never heard of before right. that have come in and played and then made it really big. 
there have been some really notable uh, names that have come in there, and it's um, it is amazing how gracious the typical professional golfer is of their time, and they're giving you input and advice, and they're telling you stories, and they're just they're just people like us. Right. And you're right. Um, they're they're putting up some time, and we're able to, based on their generosity, um, raise a lot of money, and you know raise a, a fair amount of awareness for the house as well. Right. Absolutely. Well, we got a few more minutes. I just wanted to kind of this is a a good segue into our break, but. You know, we talked a little bit about your your time with EO. We talked obviously here time with Ronald McDonald House. I mean, how is it that you and you and you're running a business? You've got employees and payroll. I mean, how do you stay focused and dedicated to that juggling match of of running that business? Uh, your, your main job, if you will, is that hard for you? Um, there's probably a bit of whether you want to officially label it ADD, lack of attention span, um, we bounce from one thing to the, one thing to the next. I think that's kind of typical of a lot right. of business owners. Right. Um, I find if I ever have a day with absolutely nothing to do, if I'm not careful, that might be my least productive day. Right. Uh, I tend to do really well when I've got a fair amount of things scheduled and I go from one thing to the next. And I actually, it was, a, it was an EO article 10, 15 years ago, I read, it was just another business owner writing kind of how they lived their life and how they balanced all these different things. And what he said hit me, and I've been kind of trying to model myself after this ever since. And he says he gets up in the morning, checks email, does a little bit of work, spends some time with the kid, you know, tries to get the kids off to school, maybe goes and does a little bit of work, maybe gets a workout in the middle of the day, and then maybe does a little bit more work, and then maybe does some different. So as you segment your time, um, you know, board meetings for EO Cleveland are at 7.30 in the morning, so that's easy. Right. Board meetings right. for Ronald McDonald House are 5.30 in the evening. That's easy. You know, that's easy. Making sure I'm, I'm spending enough time with my wife and my kids, um, the things I really am passionate about, why you do sure. all this work anyway, that should be easy, and that's, you know, something you, you want to stay on. It sounds a little crazy, but I schedule time with my kids and my wife just like I schedule meetings in my business or schedule stuff with nonprofits that I'm trying to help out. So I think the more I do... Um, and, and the busier I stay, the more effective and more productive I get. Right, and then there's, right, right. There's two kind of principles, I think. There's, there's law of attraction, and then there's kind of uh, Murphy's Law, which around here we say if you want more out of something, put more into it. So EO has paid me back in spades for everything I've done. Between the amazing yeah. trips I've been able to take, the people I've met, and, and frankly, I have, you know, it happened to me last week, the phone rings, somebody who's in EO, which is all about non-solicitation. We're not in here to sell each other anything. Right, 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 right. But they understand me and what I do, and I'll get a phone call saying, hey, we need some help. Right, and, uh, right. So I think that's been good for business, too. So I, I just try and do a little bit of everything all the time. Um, is, and keep focused forward. That's perfect. Folks, we're thanks. talking with Keith Strauss, president of Sales Concepts. It's time for a quick break. We will be right back. Stay tuned. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you would like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at StandUpPouches.net. Now back to Ditch the Box. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ditch the Box. We're talking with my buddy Keith Strauss, president of Sales Concepts here in Cleveland, Ohio. So, Keith, let me set the table for our listeners about Sales Concepts. Sales Concepts is Northeast Ohio's Sandler training affiliate, enables companies and individual salespeople to overcome many of the typical sales frustrations and challenges. In today's competitive market, sales growth and profitability are more important than ever before. They provide a variety of services ranging from a six-week workshop series on new strategies to ongoing reinforcement workshops and in-house training programs. Seminars cover everything from finding new customers to working with your existing clientele in a more profitable way. Topics can range from prospecting, qualifying, closing skills, and customer service. Participants also learn interpersonal communications, interpersonal communication skills, excuse me, goal setting, time management, and how to stretch their own abilities and comfort zones. Sales Concepts has been an authorized licensee of Sandler training for over 25 years. Sales Concepts has worked with thousands of salespeople in over 500 different industries here in Northeast Ohio. Al Strauss and Keith Strauss are the principal trainers of Sales Concepts. Combined, they bring over 45 years of sales training experience to the classroom, and their mission is helping good people improve the lives through quality advice and coaching. So let's start with Sandler, Keith. You're, a, you're an affiliate of Sandler. Who is Sandler and what makes Sandler training concepts, if you will, or Sandler training um, uh, unique and different? Well, Sandler was David Sandler, um, yep. late 60s, early 70s, a guy who was out there attempting to sell, struggling, kind of went out and came across a bunch of different methodologies, ideas, um, techniques that would help, and then was was smart enough to see that there was a need in the marketplace. So he kind of packaged a lot of the things that he'd learned and he'd heard and uh, went out there. And initially it was drop a bunch of mail, go out and do a big program, you know, get a couple hundred people in a room and go from city to city. And the strategy out of the box was let's get everybody to pay a little bit of money to come. Let's hope to sell a bunch of people tapes and workbooks and things out of the back of the room. 
and find the one or two people in the room who worked for big companies and see if we couldn't land a contract with some of the bigger companies to do you know what we call in-house training at their place. Right, right, right. Over some time, either Sandler himself or somebody gave him the idea to franchise this. So, you know, Al tripped over this in 1987, um, went to a program in Pittsburgh, met him, thought it was great. He had had a property and casualty insurance agency up until that point. So he, uh, he ended up buying the rights to teach it. So, you know, what is it that really makes them different? They're, first and foremost, Sandler's uh, concept is, it's not a one or two day sort of a training. It's not learn something and go away. It's, it's ongoing reinforcement training. So they've got people in most major metropolitan areas uh, in northern in North America starting to spread throughout Europe, Asia. Um, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more of a global entity where you can have somebody go and sit down repetitively, spend time with a coach on the phone, face to face in a classroom, and really work on. A, a decent, probably, analogy we talked before about golf. If I was an everyday average golfer and I had a swing that looked like most people's swing, you could probably, if you were a pro, find 25 or 30 sort of inherent flaws in the way I'm swinging the club. That's right. Even the best pro in the world, if they sat with me, pointed out all 25 of those things, had me practice for an hour and said, okay, go get them, you know, a week later I'm going to be the same golfer. Right. Same premise in sales. If you've been doing what you've been doing for 20 years and you sit in a room for a couple hours or even a couple days, you're not fundamentally going to have change happen. So the, right. I think the methodology that Sandler has is one differentiator, but I think the big one is is the need for ongoing constant reinforcement training that, that lasts well beyond. You know, Our typical client might be um, engaged with us for three or more years, which uh, I think is a, is a bit of a differentiator. Well, it totally is, especially for, you know, companies that, again, in this world of um, everybody wants everything yesterday and quick um, shortcuts and, um, you know, the and and I think you're reinforcing the thought that I learned, um, you know, the hard way, if you will, that, that, that this is an ongoing thing. This is a there there's a you know, there's a methodology, as you said, but there's also um, this training is ongoing and that's how you get competent and good and be able to kind of handle objections and all those other kind of things that we kind of talked about in the in the intro leading into this segment was you know there's a lot more to it than just kind of like you know a dog with a note in his mouth um you've got to be able to kind of handle some of these things and communicate um you know with different styles of people and and there's and that's and plus you know sandler did a good job in my opinion of of cataloging, grabbing all this information and, and kind of putting it into um, different programs and different things that people can kind of dig into um, if they want to focus on interpersonal communication, if they want to focus on sales management training, if you will. They have, you know, Sandler kind of has this, this these cataloged programs that, um, that you guys at Sales Concepts, which we'll dig into in a second, put your own twist to it. But there really is this this great group of information that, I, that a lot of us, myself included, find it invaluable. Yeah, they've, uh, and, and since David, unfortunately, you know, passed prematurely, the organization has, uh, has really <coughs> progressed, and, and they've seen the need, uh, everything from the technology platforms that they developed through, you know, constantly upgrading and, and modifying content, coming up with things like, Leadership training, you know, corporate right. leadership, um, 
customer service training. So there's, you know, Sandler once said, this is really interpersonal communication skills. This is really getting people to, to listen more effectively, ask better questions, you know, right. seem like they care. Right. But business owners aren't going to pay for that. Business owners will pay for sales training because they can see a return. It's the most measurable area of the typical business. So you can spend some money on training and then see what happens to, to the sales and see what happens to the margins. And then usually there's a decent ROI model there. But really, you could you could apply this. I mean, the most compelling thing that probably a client's ever said to me, through fighting back tears, grown man says to me, you know, based on what I've learned, my father and I now have a better relationship. They had worked wow. together in a family business. The son had actually left the business, got engaged with us. Um, we started helping him with the small business he had started. A couple years into that, he referred us to his father's business. Then we ended up working with them. And over time, the two of them together, understanding some of this, you know, keep the emotion out of it. Yep. It's not about you and your self-esteem, you know, yep. listen yep. to each other effectively, play back what they're saying, make sure you really are on the same page. And what had become a very, um, very butting heads, uh, very, you know, uncomfortable relationship turned back into a father and son who remembered they love each other. And, um, that, that's not the daily thing that I hear. Yeah, but you know, still, that... Says, but, you help me close a sale, that's great. But right. uh, I think that's what we're all about. Like you said, helping good people improve and get better. Well, and, and again, it, it does, and that goes back to one of the things we talked about earlier, is sales kind of, you know, is just that... There, it, it touches us in a lot of different ways. I mean, yeah, it's great when you're, uh, you know, it's that transactional kind of, you know, I've got something to sell, you've got money in your pocket, we're going to exchange, you know, I don't care whether it's a, you know, a lollipop or, you know, whatever. But when you're talking about at the high level sales sales that, that, that you and I are discussing, you know, it's, it goes so much further in an organization and we're, we're dealing with, you know, um, you know, obviously millions of dollars and, and thousands of people and you can really tell the difference. I know I can, and I know you have, and I know our listeners have when you, when we're dealing with a polished sales professional, no, it's not the, you know, the proverbial, you know, refrigerator salesman trying to sell something to an Eskimo. We're talking about the polished sales professional using the terminology, using the methodology um, that comes from a Sandler, it comes from a sales concepts to be able to kind of ask the right questions, um, provide the right solutions back to that, to that customer. And it is a, you know, it's a win for everybody. And, and everyone kind of comes out of there going like, you know what, that wasn't, I mean, you even told a story before where I believe you had um, let a, a, an accountant or a CPA go and um, you were, you were dreading the worst. You were dreading that, oh God, I'm, you know, I've been with this guy forever. And he blew your mind where he said, you know what, I've got to thank you for the time we spent together and the business you gave me in the past. And um, this has been such a, a, you know, a great thing for me and a stepping stone and yada, yada, yada. Um, and, and it blew your mind. And that's that interpersonal communication thing um, that, that, again, at the end of the day is such a, you know, that's, that's all part of this. And, and it just, it's a very, very cool, cool thing when it works. Yeah, nobody wants to be sold. Um, right. Far too often, people are trying to shove you know things down our throats in life and in business and, and all kinds of different areas. And if we can get better at understanding what they're really looking for, and then have just open, honest communication, it, it makes the world a 
a whole lot better place. You know, I'll have purchasing people who come through because their company's working with us, yep. and they come in kind of hand on their hips, arms crossed, going, okay, what's this all about? You think right. pulling over right. on me. <laughs> and um, typically by the end of the, of the six-week class that maybe they start with, they're coming up to me going, if I had people come to me with this, I mean, if no was really an okay an option, because it is, right. you know, right. most salespeople right. think their job is to sell something. Our job is to help people make decisions. So you know, if they walked in and said, it's okay if you don't want this, if they asked me questions about what was really compelling, if they got to the strategic business reasons why making a change might be in my best interest and I'm on board, great. Um, you know, short of that, we, they, they're upset because most of the time salespeople are just running and dumping features and benefits and trying to convince or persuade them that they need what they have. So right, right, right. Win-win and, 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 is a grossly overstated phrase, but I think it actually can exist out there in, in business if we, if we do it right. Well, and, and again, you touched on something I thought was really important that I got my eyes open when I walked through your doors was no is okay. Um, when, when at the end of the day, if you're sitting down to talk with somebody and um, and you can kind of cut to the chase and stop the dance, which there's always that that uncomfortable dance. Um, you know, this guy's trying to sell me something. I don't want it. Um, but when we come in, you know, very, very quickly, and you guys taught us this, is that, you know, Sam or Sally or Joe, no is okay. Um, and I don't have to bother you, and you don't have to worry about me, but if this is something you would, you know, you'd be interested in, you know, that I'd love to explore this with you, but if it's no, it's no, and we'll shake hands and move on. And um, and that was one of the takeaways I took from the very beginning of training with, with sales concepts. Yeah, and... You know, there's a little bit of psychology there. You know, we all want what we don't have, but right. most of it is exactly that. If, if I can just get somebody comfortable that they can get out the door without me grabbing a hold of their leg and never letting go, I'll have more real conversations with people. Right. Which is great. Well, let's talk uh, a little bit more into sales concepts. Now, I mean, guys like me that, you know, thought, unfortunately, and I had to learn the hard way that, you know, I've been a sales guy for 30 years. I know how to sell. I know how to sell. Um, but but I was so far behind the times and in that interpersonal communication, in that a strategic way of thinking and communication. Do you face that often with guys like me that 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 kind of come in there? You talked about the purchasing person who kind of came in there with hands on hips because that's that's a different attack. But how about somebody like me who who, who really and truly thinks or thought that I knew everything about sales and, and really, frankly, I knew nothing until I really walked through your doors. Is that something you face often? So I think most of the time, if a business owner were to come to us, more often than not, he or she says, hey, I'm really, really good, but my people aren't that strong. Right. So if you can fix them, that would be great. And then we say for a couple of good reasons, you know, perfect, happy to, happy to help. How about you sit through it first? Because if it doesn't mesh with your personality and your culture, you know, if, if you're walking around in your, in your own space hearing your people use the methodology we're teaching and you don't like it, that's going to backfire. You know, we, right. don't want, we don't want to muddy the water, and, and we certainly don't want you not supporting it and having people who fall in love with it saying, I want to go somewhere else where they really, where they really eat, breathe, and sleep Sandler. Right. So the typical owner is kind of like you, where you, I, I, I doubt your initial need was really David Marinak needing training. It was probably, I got a team full of people who are great, and we've grown and we've evolved and things are going well, but to get to that next level, probably you know, sharpening the, the saw a little bit is sure. the typical thing we'll hear. Most of them, as they come through, go, 
wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Exactly. Or, you know what, right. some of those things I did, but I never knew why it worked, or I never really had it that structured or formalized. Um, or that reminds me of something I used to do, or, man, I, I watched my first boss or my old man or whomever it yep. was back yep. in the day do some similar things. Right. There's not a lot of new out there, but I think there's a lot of process and structure and, and common language and, and getting people on the same page so we can start to really clearly identify what has historically been kind of a black box area in most businesses. Like the good salespeople didn't tell anybody else what they were doing because it was the, you know, the ultimate job protection. Sure. Well, I thought was really interesting is, is really when I walked through your doors is, is your right start or right track, I should say, right track program. Um, and what was interesting to me, and you were very cool about this, is um, despite my, my efforts of, well, I know what I'm doing, you don't have to teach me anything, um, you guys were really just kind of very unwavering when it came to, you know, everybody really needs to go through this right track program. Everybody needs to, um, and like you mentioned before, it's, it's, you know, it's a great way to kind of get a guy like me to stay there saying, look, it's important that you understand the right track program initially so you can sell it to your people and tell them how great it is. And I went in there kicking and screaming. And sure enough, man, I came out of there just like you described. It was like, holy mackerel, this is so beyond what I thought it would be. I came back and did it twice. And, and, and again, that, you know, why did you find, is that something evolved back in the day with you and Al that just said, we're not going to unwaver from the right track and, and everyone's kind of got to go through it? Is that something that was a Sandler or a sales yeah, concept? And, you know, there's different, there's different sort of reasons why or angles. One, if, if you, the business owner, spend money and send your people, there's this undercurrent of you guys are broken and um, you need to get fixed. Right. It doesn't feel at all like what we want the train to feel like. We want the train to feel like, you guys are fantastic. We want to hit the next level. I'm investing in you. You know, most companies right. don't spend a lot of money on their people. We spend a lot of money in payroll. We spend a lot of money in health care. We yep. spend a lot of money in insurance, you know, trying to protect the whole place. But we don't typically invest a ton of time, energy, or money in our people. So the message they should get is this is a great place to work they're really supporting me they're going to give me some additional school you know skill sets yeah right. the message they might get inadvertently if the owner doesn't come uh, and this is one i learned from my mentor going back to the mentoring conversation we had earlier i had a, a young lady who was a great employee she moved into another area of the business i said to her after a couple of months of struggle hey why don't you go take a class on this or why don't we get you some training on this software and and i said just figure out the right thing, do it during the day, I'll pay you for it, I'll pay for the training, you know. And she kept going, oh, I can't find it, I can't find it. It was pretty baseline, run-of-the-mill stuff. I knew it was right. out there. Right. So one day I'm lamenting this to my mentor, and I said, I don't understand. I mean, she, I'm offering her this. She claims there's no such... I, I jumped online, and then 30 seconds, I had it. Right. And my mentor said, you're not a very good manager. And I said, thank you. I said, why is that? <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> what, what you effectively just said to this young lady is, you're not good at your job. I'm going to give you one last chance, but if you don't fix it, you're fired. And I said, that's not at all what I intended to say. He goes, well, that's right. what she heard. And, and as it sunk in, he was exactly right. So if the owner comes, the owner talks about it, the owner uses it and calls themselves, the owner leads by example, manages right. with the same sort of methodology in mind, the people will receive it as, this is awesome that I'm able to go to this stuff. Now, you'll still get some seasoned 30-year, whether it's a VP, a sales manager, or just a really good salesperson, hand on hips going, oh, what do I need this for? Right. Um, but most of them 
over some time go, this is actually good stuff. You know, the number of times I've heard at a break or after a class, you know, I've been to like 15 different training. Yeah. You know, and this is the first <laughs> one that actually made some sense. You know, yeah, and that's, that's, that's a right. nice thing, but I, right. I think that's the core reason why we want to, we want to get everybody on the same page. We want people feeling good about being invested in, not feeling threatened like their job's on the line if they don't change their behavior. Well, and the other cool thing is is you've, you, you're you really uh, in tune with the times, too. You've got a lot of uh, folks working from remote locations in different cities uh, and, and and may not be able to make it. You have truly set up sales concepts has really kind of set up this great um, online classroom, if necessary, there is a vibrancy and, and, and a worth. It's being it's worthwhile, and I noticed this myself to be there in person because you get a lot of that, you know, synergy with the other people in the class. But for those that can't make it, whether for one of the classes or the entire class, you guys have this is beyond just the go to meeting. This is a very interactive, you know, classroom um, um, uh, online setting where where you can really interact with the people. Uh, in a different location or their home office or whatever it may be, and 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 still get the message um, del- you know delivered, and, and that's just a you know props to you guys because it's really brought you up to speed as far as I'm concerned, and well past what else is out there. And in your comment earlier about technology, um, for years we've had the ability um, to be able to use video conferencing. It's evolved. Right. It's gotten better. It's gotten faster. Um, so ideally sitting in the classroom, jumping on the phone one-on-one is probably the best way to learn when it comes to, you know, somebody either working from home that's, you know, got kids that they can't get away for classes or certainly somebody in another town. It's the next best thing. And and, then the key is really the individual. If somebody's engaged, if somebody's asking questions, if somebody's trying to apply this to their world, uh, you know, we could probably figure out a way to take a couple of cans and a string and get them what they need. But, uh, yeah, that, that technology has enabled us to, to do a whole lot more with people that aren't necessarily sitting in the room. So let's try to, you know, uh, again, open up the, um, if you will, the, uh, the can of worms, is lack of a better way to put it. Because I want, personally, I know this is selfishly, but I want other people to know about sales concepts. I mean, I want, you know, others, how is it that we can leverage, A, this program, B, um, you know, this technology to kind of allow you, I mean, how do we tell more people about sales concepts? How is it that we get the word out? Not just, um, you know, with the, with the, the few people that we know, you know, together, but, you know, is, is there a need that, is there something that, um, you know, if in, in our, in our, is there some way that we can kind of promote what it is that you guys do? Um, I, I'm just trying, I'm racking my brain because I, I, there's such a good that you guys bring to the table. And I want to make sure that our, our listeners understand that there really is a difference when you find the right uh, sales training method and, and sales training, sales trainers. Um, it, it just makes a huge difference. Yeah, the the reason why we're sales concepts is 27 years ago when Al got started. Um, he got Sandler business cards, walked into places, and <laughs> people had choice words or slammed the door in his face because there were some people doing Sandler before us that maybe weren't doing it uh, the right way. Right. Um, today, the Sandler brand, you know, we love our brand sales concepts just because we've been around so long. Right. And, and um if you bought a franchise today, you'd just be Sandler training. And the number of times that people will hit the Sandler website, hit our website, or just pick up the phone and call us, you know, thinking about a really nice account we have today, 
Um, he's in a in a mastermind kind of business owners group, not unlike EO, but it's it's industry specific. Right. One of his peers up in Canada, growing like crazy, really really successful, and, and and my now client at the time the prospect gets on the phone with him and says, "Hey, what are you doing?" And the guy says, "Sandler Training." And he said, "Well, what's that mean?" And just what we've been describing, all of our people come through, salespeople, support people, absolutely everybody. Everybody gets exposed. We all use the same language. Just a methodology or a, or a system for selling. Right. So this particular young guy, doing real well but wanting to do a whole lot more, calls up and says, hey, I want to get together with you. So I think at the core, the, the name Sandler, as I said, you know, listeners who are in various parts of the country or even, even a lot of parts of the world, can plug in, and, and best-case scenario, you know, there's somebody around the corner from you that, that can help you out. Worst-case scenario uh, happens where people plug into us and say, hey, I'm in Little Rock, Ar- you know, Arkansas, for right, example. Right. There's nobody here. So then we'll do some stuff with the distance learning and the, and the technology. But I think we've really flourished based on the results we, we get for our clients. A big piece of Sandler, and we preach it all the time, is referrals. And, and not just the, hey, you did a nice job for me, I'm going to throw you a couple of leads, you know, one-off when they happen, but really right. making part of your prospecting routine, making part of your, you know, onboarding process to, to really start to leverage the happy clients that you have. So we've been really blessed with a lot of very, very successful people who've come and worked with us as customers and then introduce us to their their vendors, their customers, their business associates, their friends, you know, people at their clubs, and it's just naturally grown. Um, you know, day one, I kind of went, well, let's hope not everybody figures this out because there's a finite marketplace. But as you said earlier, everybody in some way, shape, or form needs this kind of training. The only Absolutely. question is, is, is their business such that they should invest money to, to get better at it? You know, doctors and nurses could use what we do. I don't know that they're going to be able to get a payback for that, the way right. that structure is created. but. Um, I think that's the best way we leverage ourselves. You know, happy customers going out and telling the story and, and sharing their feedback. And you know, I, I've got a client who's a golf instructor. Here we go back to golf. It's the one and only topic of the day. But <laughs> I'm in there seeing him uh, working on my golf game with one of his peers, and he said, hey, I've got an attorney who was talking to me about bringing in new business the other day, and i got a small business owner client, and they, you know, it just comes up in conversation and sure, people right, hear about right. things that are frustrating. Right. And then what they do is, is start pushing them in our direction, which has worked out great. That's perfect. Folks, if you want to learn more, it's salesconceptsinc.com. Their phone number is 440-575-7000. Folks, it has been the best money I've spent, and I will continue to spend it because Keith and, and Al and his entire team are uh, worth every penny, and, and it's just been a, a lifesaver for our business. Keith, I want to thank you for joining us today. I'd like to thank my producer, Jamie Berling, our executive producer, Winston, Winston Price, Winston Winnie Price, and you for listening. Remember, folks, it's your product. Package it properly. Keith, thanks for joining us, my friend. I hope you'll come back and share. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please join David Marinak for another great show next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.